Job's not finished. Job finished? I don't think so. So I feel like by the end of this run of the podcast, I'm probably going to have everyone from high school on. I heard some people reach out saying like, this is like a high school reunion. <laughs> um, but for those of you listening, if, you're, if you've ever been interested in becoming a director at a brokerage firm, if you've been looking to get your Series 7 license to become a licensed stockbroker, or if you're interested in how to make U.S. Reporter 30 Under 30, uh, my guest today is working on all of that and doing a great job, very well-versed and professional. And I'm really happy that they were able to make the time to come on the show. So shout out to Juanita J. Thank you so much, Juanita. How are you? Oh, I'm good. How do I even start with that introduction? <laughs> How are you? How's life? How's everything? I'm doing good. You know, we um, we spoke when we were walking in about kind of not to date us, but we were we graduated in 15, I believe, right from high school. We met in high school. And so I would love to know kind of high school started 2011. What were you kind of were you always in Jersey before then as well? No. So I, I was born in. OK, now we're going way back. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was born in Guyana. Um, so I came to the States in like 2002 and from there I was like living in New York and like a little bit of Brooklyn and then 2007 I moved over to Jersey City and then I stayed in Jersey City ever since. <laughs> you're still in there and I know you're doing a lot of traveling now. Does Jersey yeah. City still hold up compared to everywhere else you're going? No. No? Oh, no. <laughs> so are we going to see you relocating soon? Or are you going to skip um, out on us? See, okay, so when I travel, I get only travel... So my recent trip was to San Diego, if you've never been. Have you ever been? No, I haven't. I haven't really traveled much in the U.S. I'm slacking. But yeah. <laughs> it's really beautiful over there. It's so nice. The weather's good. The beaches are beautiful. You have to go, like, when you have a, <laughs> a moment. But, like, the recent trip I took was, like, to San Diego for a conference. And then I was there for three days. I was already, like, bored of it. So when I travel, oh, wow. I can't really do more than maybe a week or two. And then I'm like, okay, I'm homesick. I kind of want to go back into mm -hmm. my home little bed. And then I started looking at credit card bills. I'm like, yeah, no. Oh, no. <laughs> you got to get back out there. Um, <laughs> when I tell people about this, they get kind of surprised, like, that our high school had majors. Like, what, your high school had majors? What kind of high school was that? Uh, if you don't mind me asking, what were you majoring in in high school? So, at first, it was, I was a little bit all over the place in high school. High school was a little, actually, rough for me. I didn't know if you knew that. It was kind of a challenge for me to go through and I hated it so much. Um, oh, wow. but I, I, um, I was first in it. So I did that for like a week and then I was like, I can't do this cause coding is difficult. And then I switched over to accounting and I stayed with accounting all throughout high school. And then a little bit in college until I failed cost accounting. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, I'm taking this assign from somebody. So I switched from there and I went to finance and then everyone's like, that's so brave of you to stay into that business field after failing cost accounting. Like, oh, I'm going to pivot and do more math. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, math was one of the things that made me switch out of. I was like on pre-engineering track in college mm -hmm. and I think I had to take up to like, I don't even know what calculus I had to take. And I'm like, nah, I can't do this. <laughs> but So how did you push through that? I didn't. Okay. <laughs> did you end up switching? I, I switched. Yeah, but it was... Because um, I was going to Rutgers at the time. So it was pretty convenient because I was working at the job that I'm currently working now with E1 Asset Management. And I'm still kind of like boggled that I was able to get the job in college. Congratulations, by the way. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> Thanks. 
Um, but like my the person who interviewed me was the CEO, and his name is Ron, by the way. He was like, I see you have like a lot of potential because you're like you're so ambitious, and I'm like I'm ambitious. I just want a job. <laughs> oh wow, yeah. <laughs> um, but he was like, you're so ambitious. You're asking me all the questions, and at the same time, when I was going through all of that, I had just was let go at E Trade because my contract was over. Mm-hmm. Um, and E Trade was really the one who like really in- interested me into this industry because it was so interesting, and I saw like brokers walking around talking on phone, looking at like this wall of numbers running back and forth and i'm like what are you guys doing like they're like oh we're just looking at the market i'm like what is the market oh, wow. <laughs> um so e-trade really was like the foundation of my interest and i took it from there and just went from a boutique brokerage firm because i can't handle uh i don't know big business mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah but it's still kind of like a corporate environment though right no actually no? it's a oh. lot more laid back which i like because it's so much, you have so much flexibility. And it's funny because I do get calls from like brokerage firms or like hedge funds. They're like, do you want to like come work for X, Y, and Z? And I'm like, what's my flexibility like? Yeah. Because I don't want to give that up. Because mm-hmm. I know I can go to the gym for an hour, work out for an hour. I can work from my phone while I'm at the gym. Or I can go to Miami and work from my phone. Oh, wow. Or amazing. like... And that's like my flexibility that I love so much that I don't really want to give up. And when I ask them, what's my flexibility like with these other places? They're like, um, you're not going to have that much flexibility. Mm-hmm. Of course. <laughs> so it's it's like uh, it's kind of different, which I really like. This is probably the dumbest question ever. Is this similar? <laughs> is Counting it, finance? It's a bit similar, but it's less uh, repetitive and mm-hmm. redundant than accounting because you're looking at the balance sheet or like the income statement and you're like okay i have to balance all of this mm-hmm. whereas finance it's not as redundant <laughs> gotcha and yeah definitely I, i've worked closely with kind of like finance and accounting departments i don't envy them <laughs> a lot of numbers a lot of crazy things going on a lot yeah. of things to balance exactly and if one section is not balanced for example in the balance sheet if like the total assets is not balanced with the liabilities or the shareholders you got to like backtrack to see where you messed up and that can mm-hmm. take hours. And oh, wow. So you've been working with the same brokerage firm when you got the job in college till today? Mm-hmm. So this June will make it four years coming wow. up. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> so I, I would have definitely followed up and said, you know, in today's day and age, longevity is so rare, right? People just yeah. bouncing around. I'm, I'm a prime example, just bouncing around. Yeah. But you did answer that earlier. They give you that flexibility. So they were kind of like very flexible even pre-COVID. Yeah, right? yeah. They, we, we were doing the whole work from thing, work from home thing before it became so mainstream. I'm pretty sure other companies were doing it too, not to some extent, but all of our employees really are like either in California or Pennsylvania, Texas, nobody comes to the office. Wow. That's amazing. Only three people come to the office, myself, the CEO and the managing director. Nobody else. Is that by choice? It's literally by choice. They're like, we don't want to. We, and plus they have like families mm-hmm. and like their children are young. So they're like, we cannot, if we can just work from home and like watch our kids. And the owner, Ron, he was like, that's completely fine with me. As long as you answer your clients and do what you have to do, you can work from wherever. <laughs> wow. And so you managed to kind of climb that ladder and you're now a director there. So congratulations yes. on that. Thanks. And hitting four years soon. That's crazy. But... What was kind of the most difficult part? Everything. 
<laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> Everything. Oh my God, where do I start? Ah. No, be, okay, so this industry, it's stressful. I was like looking at my hair today and I saw like several gray hairs. Oh, okay. And I'm not going to say no job is not stressful. They all have their stress. But what I do particularly, I manage a team of 15 brokers. So, and to go into extent is that it's basically I have to make sure they're not doing any insider trading. I also have to make sure they're not doing excessive trading. Now, excessive trading is chumming or constantly buying and selling positions of a stock and generating commission or whatever the case may be and not putting their client's best interests. So I have to make sure that everything that they do are in the client's best interests. And then I also have to make sure we're following all of FINRA and the SEC's regulation or updating our whole procedures to make sure whatever laws they come up with tomorrow yeah. <laughs> is up to date. So it's a it's a bit of a like compliance and operation stress how how long did it take you to kind of as you mentioned follow those sec finra guidelines just getting into that world because a lot of people are scared of that world oh, but i don't blame them are there any resources or kind of how did you get so proficient in it um well if anyone who wants to get into it there's there's books actually um and they're sadly not cheap yeah <laughs> but there's if whoever is interested the first thing you can do is buy uh the series sie it's relatively new it came out maybe two years ago um it's like an introductory to this industry nobody has to sponsor you because if you want to get other license like the series 7 or the 99 or the 24 <laughs> any of these other license you have to be sponsored by a firm because okay. they're so crazy expensive. Um, but the way to go and to start is with the series SIE. And what that basically is, it's like a breakdown of everything. It's um, 75 questions, I think, or maybe 85 questions. And the passing score is like a 70. And it's really good because you don't have to have a company to sponsor you. So when you do go to like E-Trade or Fidelity or Morgan Stanley or whatever firm, and you can present them like, hey, I already have my SIE because I took this in college or in high school or wherever. Um, and I want to be licensed with my Series 7. Now, the Series 7 is like to become a registered representative. So you can actually sell uh, stocks and not bonds because that's a totally different yeah. <laughs> uh, license altogether. But you can be like, I can sell corporate securities with my Series 7. Um, what You mentioned there's a lot of different this one doesn't need a sponsor and there's a lot of different licenses. Yeah. What's the difference on one that like, let's say I want to go for one that I need to be sponsored. What am I like, what do I get that a non-sponsored one doesn't? Okay. So the non-sponsored one, the only non-sponsored one is the SIE and that's just an extra, it's like an introduction. Everybody has to take it now. So it doesn't matter if, oh, wow. if you, if you already have your series seven, you're kind of grandfathered in mm -hmm. because you already had that for, millennia yeah <laughs> but if you're a newbie the SIE talks about like options which is everybody's favorite nowadays on yeah. Robinhood <laughs> yeah. um but like learning about options is so complicated um so options and then you talk about like it's like a crash course really um of everything so options municipal bonds treasury stocks treasury bonds municipal death uh, ETFs, you name Dang. it. It's literally like a crash course 
Um, but it's relatively easy. Um, that's why they're like, here's an introductory because it's repetitive in other books too. So they didn't want it to be studying before the series seven, the book was like this big. It was like humongous. Now Dang. it's about 300 pages. That's still <laughs> pretty thick. <laughs> yeah. But it's not as like in depth as it was because they took a lot of the information out and put it into SIE because it's so redundant. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think someone would need, like, you know, you have that finance background, business kind of background that helped you, or do you, I don't want to speak for you. Mm-hmm. Did it help you out? Do you feel like someone will need that to get these licenses or can someone yeah, have a different did. background? Yeah. Yeah, it did. Uh, now it really depends on like what kind of courses you take in college. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I went to Rutgers, the one in Newark. Okay. Um, some of the courses that they optioned, optioned, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they offered was quantitative finance was one of them. And cause it went into a lot of trying to find the statistics mm-hmm. and corporate finance, quantitative finance. And then you have, wow, I'm drawing a blank, but yeah, uh. you could definitely take, you have to like make sure it's geared to it. Mm-hmm. So if someone doesn't have a college degree, are they just out of luck or is there an option for them? Oh no, you can definitely do it. Um, if you don't have a college degree, it really depends on like what kind of firm you're going to go to because Again, with these big firms, they're, they obviously want someone with a college degree. But if you're going to go to like a boutique uh, who are not as big, they may be a little bit more lenient to be like, okay, you don't have a college degree, but do you have like the motivation? Are you willing to get your license? Because again, these the books that they make you take, it's literally a crash course of everything you're going to have to do mm-hmm. <laughs> and learn. So it's like going to college but not really going to college. <laughs> oh, so that's good that there's an option for someone that didn't go to college. Mm-hmm. But so for you, um, obviously not to force you to look ahead, but you're, you're a director. Mm-hmm. You, you're, you kind of seem like you have tunnel vision on what you're trying to do now. Um, is this kind of the path you want to follow or do you still doing something else five years from now? Kind of, how do you see that? Great question. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's good. Uh, no, honestly, it's funny you say that because I've, been getting that question a lot lately mm-hmm. and I, I really just don't know mm-hmm. yeah I mean I think it's fine right <laughs> yeah I mean I feel like every day everybody thinks that they know but I I'm just winging it <laughs> yeah no, I feel you I remember I was in college and it was my senior year one of our professors was going around the room saying what's your job right now everybody had to get yeah. their job at the time I was an HR assistant so he was like, oh, you didn't graduate. You're an HR assistant. Is that it? Like, when you graduate, you're just going to keep doing that? Yeah. And I was like, man, I was similar reaction. You're like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what's next for me. But yeah, yeah, it seems like you're doing well, though. Just, you know. Oh, it's because I'm faking it. <laughs> so fake it till you make it. Is that legit? Pretty much. I'm, like, literally just faking it. Because every, but I have to give credit where credit is due. It really just comes down to my boss. Mm-hmm. Again, Ron. Um, he's really, like, the motivating factor of everything because he, because he, He's like, I see myself in you when I was your age. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. (laughs) (laughs) But he he was like, if you want to be in this industry, because I was talking to him the other day. I was like, I'm thinking about going back to school to get my master's. He looked at me. He was like, why? Why do you want to go waste money when you can just go and study for your series 24? Mm -hmm. And the 24 is me being a manager, like an executive level. It's like the 24 is like, getting your master's in this industry. <laughs> wow. It makes it makes no sense to waste hundreds of thousands of dollars to get a master's when you can just go and take a test and get mm-hmm. 
get it. Um, and if I do end up getting my 24, I can have my own branch or open wow. my own branch in like another state or country or wherever the case may be. And he was like, if you want to do that, you can definitely do it. You know, you have my support. But at the same time, I'm just like, I don't even know if I want to continue writing or mm-hmm. just go want to lay on a mountain somewhere. <laughs> yeah, if you can do it, go for it. But what? So you're talking about kind of maybe if you do fall down this path, you can get your own branch and be a manager. Yeah. Um, you Does that stress you out at all? Like that next level of just being, you know, responsible for so many things? Yeah, the idea of it scares the heck out of me. So how do you manage that? I don't. Okay. <laughs> yoga. Yoga is like wow. a good way to do it. Um. But I, I've I've been learning how to like handle stress lately, um, because I I've noticed when I'm like too overwhelmed. I don't know about you, but when I'm too overwhelmed, I tend to like shut down and I'm like, just leave me alone. I want to yeah. be in a corner, like just let me focus on one thing at a time. And that's like me sometimes. So for me, I'm just like the idea of getting my own branch. It's exciting. I'm not gonna lie, because there's a lot of money behind it. Yep. But it also comes with a lot of responsibilities because I know if I mess up or something compliance related uh, gets screwed up, for example, um, if I let a broker do excessive trading, the fee, that fine that FINRA charges, it's like 15000 up to a million max. Wow. So depending how severe it is, of course. Mm-hmm. But so and that like just falls on me and then it goes on my record and it will show if anyone wants to look it up and like oh yeah she did this on this day wow. <laughs> and i'm like hey, it's not my fault so. <laughs> are you guys and i don't know if this is personal or not are you guys allowed at all to trade or do you have to kind of run it by the firm before you make any trade we we are allowed to trade oh, okay cool cool but however i don't know if you knew this uh all of my monthly statements and confirmation do get sent to my company so oh, they wow. can see <laughs> Dang, <yeah. laughs> they can see if i'm doing any like front running which is like trading ahead of like my clients mm-hmm. um so not in your firm right I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys are doing everything correctly but i do see a lot in the news about like as you mentioned like insider trading and just corruption in the market in general oh, yeah. what is your view on that like do it's you think it happen. exists or yeah it's gonna happen it's gonna happen no matter what industry you are it's i mean all these records are really already out there. Uh, one of the ways you can see it is like going to brokercheck.finra.org. And it's a really great tool because not a lot of investors know about this because they're like, oh, because um, we it's buried in the fine print, really. If you, No one's going to read that account application and then they're going to read the fine print at the very end of it it's they're not going to do it i don't do it in terms of con- terms and condition it's not really something i read i'm just agreeing to it <laughs> yeah yeah as we do it yeah, yeah. it's a complete lie but <laughs> um the brokercheck.frinra.org it's such a great tool because you can see all the firms on there so like goldman sachs is someone i like to like stalk from time to time <laughs> Because I'm so interested in like what kind of scandal they're like hiding or, <laughs> or doing. Um, but you can see all the fines that they get or supposedly don't get because they you can refuse to like actually acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. So there's that. <laughs> there was a big story, especially when like the pandemic was about to just hit and mm-hmm. America was about to shut down about like politicians doing mass sell-offs as if they knew in advance. Yeah. Was that something that impacted like the firm? Or, you know, that kind of industry, your industry in general? So now that's a really great question because these 
well, they're considered insiders because if there's politician or whatever the case may be, you have to fill out a form one forty four. That was fast. You just found that <laughs> so quick. Okay. Yeah. So one. So form one forty four is basically for insiders. So like politicians, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, any insider. Um, and what they can do is only sell one percent of the last four weeks of trading. So whatever the last. 1% is for the last four weeks. And they have to fill that out 90 days before they're actually planning on selling wow. know, Apple or something. So, and you don't really know when they actually fill out that form because they have 90 days to sell it and 90 days to like, to submit it to the SEC and be like, hey, I'm actually selling, I'm planning on selling mm -hmm. this. Wow. <laughs> I feel like my brain is getting bigger just <laughs> hearing from you what you're talking about right now. It's amazing. I'm, I'm really impressed that you even like, picked all this up and learned it and you're running with it. It's crazy. Yeah. How do you find time? Cause you also made, which congratulations again, a uh, U.S. reporter 30 under 30. Mm -hmm. How do you find time or to write in the midst of your schedule? Is it the flexibility that you have? Mm -hmm. or? Yeah. It, I, if I were to like give everything up, I probably would not give up my flexibility <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. um, because I, I do value that so much and I cherish it too because it gives me time to like hang out with my friends and like pick their brains about because a lot of these articles that I see or things that I read, they're not really geared towards like your average investor or like someone who's just starting out. They're geared more towards someone who's been doing it for a while or the lingo is so advanced. They're like, I don't understand what are options or mm -hmm. I don't understand what they mean by spreads or straddles or mm -hmm municipal bonds like what is a municipal bond mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah the lingo is not there for someone who's just really starting out so i always like talking to my friends to see where their headspace are because it gives me ideas how to write and like mm -hmm. how to like make it geared towards someone who's doesn't have that college education um to understand these terminology because they're not What's the word? <laughs> As knowledgeable, I don't know, in that field, right? Yeah, kind of they're not in the field or they just haven't been exposed to it in their mm -hmm. life. So, now, is it Was it your job that got you into kind of writing these articles? Like, was it part of the job or just you picked it up on the side? I just picked it up on the side. I had nothing really much to do one day. And I was like, I because I sit across from my boss, I was like, I'm going to write an article about retirement because... I'm going to die soon. Oh, wow. That's, that's a great way to look at things. <laughs> and, and it's funny you say that because that's exactly what he said. Yeah. And he was like, all right, you can go write it. So I wrote the article and I like gave it to him just to read to make sure it was accurate and it made sense. And he was like, I like this. Let's publish it somewhere. And we published it on our website. And then we kind of published it on a distribution form and it got picked up on Market Watch. And I was like over the moon excited about it. And I was like, oh, my God, we have to write some more. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just kind of where it came to fruition right there. Yeah. Dang. So the, the if you don't mind me asking, the traveling that you do, is that related to the reporting and writing or is this personal travel? No. It, okay. So the traveling, part of my job is to, like, meet with clients sometimes. Um, so, and I do love doing that and talking with them. So the traveling that I do, I guess you could say it's more businessy okay. personal mm -hmm. got it because <laughs> i try to like squeeze in as much of personal yeah <laughs> exploring that i can possibly can what if you one day were just like and this is definitely probably another dumb question but you're like someone's like oh you got to travel to whatever florida and you're like oh, i don't feel like it like is that an option or you're like no nah, you gotta go uh yeah that's definitely an option 
Okay, wow. Are they holding any remote meetings for clients or is that not a thing? Remote meetings? Uh, no, so we don't really... We've, well, we call our clients almost every single day. So there's not really much remote meeting. The only time like if we, we are doing a remote meeting or seeing a client is probably if we're going down there just for a conference mm-hmm. and it's like a convenience, like sadly, I might say. Got you. <laughs> so becoming uh, U.S. Reporter 30 Under 30, did you always know growing up that you're really good at writing or was there some resources that you kind of... No, I didn't. What I, How I became 30 Under 30, I was... Okay, so my goal is to be on Forbes 30 Under 30. Mm-hmm. And I keep getting nominated, but I don't ever make it. And I had, like, leveraged Forbes 30 Under 30 somehow onto the... I don't remember how I did it, but I, I remember filling out the application, and they were like, what's one of your uh, goal?" And I was like, to be on Forbes 30 Under 30. And then <laughs> next thing you know, I got selected. And then like, oh, I went... Wow through the whole interview process because when you get selected you're gonna someone in your field so like engineering would be interviewing you about questions of engineering or finance or medical whatever mm-hmm. uh, field you are in and then from there they're like they decide either if they like you or don't like you <laughs> oh wow it's definitely what it's based on but they like yeah <laughs> they're like oh okay she seems to know what she's talking about or he doesn't really seem to know what he's talking about. It's kind of, it's a little bit, sadly, kind of like Ivy League. Um, those, what's the word? How, when college students, if, uh, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> no, no, it's um, okay. If like their father was already at the school and like then they, the child goes to the same school as the father. Mm-hmm. I don't know the word for it, but I, I kind of get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. kind of like that. And then um, that's how Forbes do it. If you know someone who's already selected, mm-hmm. it's like a really easy way to get selected on that list too. And I'm like, I don't know anybody. Yeah, so you're kind of doing it the, the grind way. The, the Pretty hard much, way. Yeah. which kind of upsets me because like I see all these people, I'm like, they don't deserve it. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> Is there kind of any advice you have for someone else that might be trying to do what you're doing? Yeah, network. Network the hell as much as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are very introverted and it's okay to be introverted, but you have to, I I like to think your net worth is like your net worth. Like the people that you know is really your net worth. Um, Cause they, they can either introduce you to someone who can make you do something that you're probably not good at. Like for instance, my, my friend Roger, he, He's really cool. He likes he likes to do content. Uh, he's like a content CEO. <laughs> okay. He's meeting all of these like really great, famous people. Like he met Wiz Khalifa. Um, I don't know. I can't think of names right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he like introduced me to like Wiz Khalifa one time, and he, I was like so nervous. I was like, "That's Wiz Khalifa. I'm a nobody. Like, <laughs> what are you doing?" And Roger told me he was like, "You need to get over yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just get over yourself." And, like, put your pride aside, put your ego aside, whatever it is, and just go talk to him, like, a normal person, and just be their friend. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, you don't know where that connection is going to lead you to or who's going to be your next friend. (laughs) Yeah. What what do you see is kind of, like, a best tool that the everyday person can use to network? Um, 
if it makes you feel dirty, you're probably doing it wrong. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I know I've been there. It, it made me always feel like really insecure. And if it makes you feel that way, you're probably doing it wrong. But the best tool to do it is just to go in with the mindset like, I want to be that person's friend. Mm-hmm. Like, and don't ask for favors until like for a year. Like, okay. <laughs> is, is LinkedIn overrated for networking? I, I sometimes think it is because like I feel as though that people only are there just to like, hey, can you pitch me something or can you introduce me to X, Y, and Z, which I have nothing against. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel as though if you're just connecting with me to, for me to introduce you to Bob Dylan, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though I don't know Bob yeah. Dylan, um, but if you're doing something like that, you're doing it for the wrong reasons, whereas... I could introduce you to, I don't know, Bill Clinton, for example, instead. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you decided to actually become my friend and be genuine. Do it the right way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How do you deal with people that go about it like the dirty way? Like if you have experienced that. Oh, oh, I like to mess with them. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of leave them on. <laughs> like. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, I could totally set you up a meeting. <laughs> oh, oh no. And I'm, oh, like they didn't respond. Oh, I have no idea why. I gave you the right <laughs> email. <laughs> Dang, this is crazy. If they're listening to this now, they're going to they're be like, oh, that's why this person didn't respond. <laughs> so in terms of the writing, just if I can ask one more question, something that came to mind when I did read, um, when you sent that kind of write-up about um, journalism and reporting was deadlines, right? Mm-hmm. Like, is that a big part of this? You have deadlines? You make your own deadlines? How does that work? I make my own deadlines, and I like to stick with them. Sometimes they don't work. Mm-hmm. And by sometimes, I mean all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I like to keep a deadline because it gives me that sense of accomplishment, you know, it's like running a marathon and like at the end of that finish line, you're like, oh, I, I made it. Mm-hmm. So, and I know it's crazy, even though I'm the one writing it. Um, I do like also just knowing that if it's out there and it's if it's like current with the times, like what's going on in today's climate or situation or like if, GameStop decided to do another short squeeze <laughs> yeah. and it's relevant. I want it to be out there as quickly as possible because it's relevant. If I were to release it, I don't know, two weeks and it's no longer engaging with the right target audience, then it's a complete waste of time because I missed it by like two weeks. Yeah. So <laughs> no, that makes sense. And that's a great way to look at things as well. Did you write about GameStop at all? I did. I did. But it was at the same time, I didn't know. Okay, so this is where it gets tricky because we had positions in GameStop. Oh, wow. So I couldn't really release anything with about GameStop because then we would have to disclose it to FINRA, mm. which it gets a whole complicated. And <laughs> and I didn't really want to do that. So I was like, okay, let's shelf this for <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for a whole year. Oh, wow. No, yeah. I mean, I definitely was. I had... um. Somebody that does like live streams on YouTube, his name is Andrew Mo Money. Yeah. He actually blew up off that whole GameStop thing too. And he was uh, kind enough to come on the podcast and he spoke about it a little bit. So it was definitely interesting hearing his view and just hearing your point of view now. It's just crazy stock right there. Yeah. But it's insane. Everybody's looking for the next one. Yeah. Well, good luck, right? <laughs> Do you feel like you have, I don't know if you can answer this. I'm going to have to edit some. Do you feel like you have like an advantage working at a brokerage firm to find the next one or is it just kind of even playing field for everybody? I do. I do. But. Because the, the research department, because we're always yeah, yeah, researching what might be the next drug or meme <laughs> or whatever the case may be. So we do have a bit of a disadvantage. However, the major disadvantage is if we get caught, we're fired and we get sentenced to jail for insider yeah. trading. 
and that fine is like 25 million oh my god not worth it <laughs> that's crazy so another thing that we like to go over on this podcast in general aside from just work and i know uh, the journalism is i would say kind of like a passion for you as well just because you're you know grinding to get on those lists and just knocking it out the park but we also like talking about in general passion projects yeah. uh you mentioned a little bit about trying to create a volunteer-based program in jersey city uh, for low-income families yeah. is there any information you can share on that none none <laughs> <laughs> none it's so the thing about politics it's so much bureaucracy it's insane uh and you probably already know that but it's it's trying to get i know i can do it on my own but i i like the idea of sharing something that's so convenient i don't know if can you convenient might be the right word but it's like sharing something that's so helpful for a lot of people who can benefit from it and i, I wanted to get the mayor involved and his team was so unfortunately not available to help mm -hmm. <laughs> whatsoever and then and then i like got in contact with the governor of what's his name in newark oh my god what's his name cory booker there oh, we wow. go <laughs> okay. hey you contacted him oh, that's amazing yeah uh because when i was in dc i i became friends with one of the rep house of representative for virginia and he gave me the contact info for cory booker so i reached out to his assistant note to self if you ever want to like meet your senators or whoever just go through the assistant not the got it <laughs> not them directly because the assistant handles the schedule <laughs> um if you ever want to do that but i reached out to his assistant sweet as a charm and we are in the process of actually doing something together i'm still trying to figure out because the advice that they gave me is that if i'm going to do something like this do it as an llc because mm. when you're dealing with the public you have to protect yourself first and unfortunately i hate the sound of that because i i trying to do something really nice but i understand at the same time the legality of it yeah. if you're somehow messed up or someone gets injured you don't want to be sued mm -hmm. so i'm trying to figure out how to go about it by doing an LLC. <laughs> Got it. And the mayor of Jersey, is that Steven? Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Uh, whatever. But um, I was so disappointed when he never got back to me. I was like, okay. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, and so this program is to, uh, I might definitely, I'm butchering this, but you're trying to help low-income families um, understand how to properly budget. Yes. Why? What makes that important for you? Like, is Because it's, I feel like it's, it may be taught in school. I haven't been in school in a while, so I don't really know. <laughs> yeah. Um, probably or, not probably. yeah yeah it may be taught in school maybe not or it is taught in school and it's not taught properly whatever the case may be but i i've been speaking with people who are in this industry and people at banks who know how to open up accounts and my goal was to have these individuals from these professions come and speak with them and show them how to open like a checking account or a savings account who may have like language barriers as well to speak with them and so they know how to properly budget how to save to buy a house or a car what they need to do to do to like tackle debt and i get that these information are, are out there on like youtube and they just mm -hmm. have to google it or but the thing is not a lot of people have reliable internet yeah and that's major that's what this pandemic has shown not a lot of people have internet or reliable technology to help them get onto the internet Mm -hmm. And I think having someone face to face sit down coming together maybe for like an hour or two and just talk about it 
would that help them really? Because if they have questions too, I can't really reach out to you through the internet and yeah. be like, hey, how do I do this? Um, whereas if I just sit down with you, I know I can do it with just talking. Yeah, and I think that is important. I, I know a lot of people, even some family members, close friends, mm -hmm. that you know they don't understand how to properly budget. Even though, as you mentioned, it is on YouTube, it is on these sources, but people kind of struggle with managing their money. And yeah. this would be, especially in Jersey City, I grew up in Jersey City, so it'd be great to see a lot of those communities uh, learn that, and it would just even move it forward even more. Yeah. So props to you. I'm keeping an eye out on that. Looking forward to it. Um, I would love to know, managing your job, uh, the reporting, the travel, and the side passion project that you're doing, uh, we spoke about it a little bit earlier. It's very easy to get stressed out, get anxiety, yeah. overwhelmed. Um, how do you find work-life balance? CBD. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Really? <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Okay. Um, just kidding. No, I. the gym really has been a good stress reliever because I try to like schedule an hour out of my day. either, But I try to do it in the morning. If I do it in the middle of the day or afternoon, I'm just not going to have mm -hmm. the motivation. So before my day starts at eight o'clock, I'm at the gym. Wow, that's and, amazing! And I just do it for an hour. Dang, that's crazy! All right, I gotta take <laughs> notes. And I'm I'm more of like a night person, but definitely sometimes it gets late and you can't even get in there at night. Yeah, but. I I try doing it at night, but then I'm up really late because you have so much energy after the gym and, <laughs> and i'm like i love my sleep i can't do this anymore yeah now gyms is close so early that yeah. it's like nine o'clock technically you can't even go at night anymore it's, they're cutting out all my options <laughs> but um so i really appreciate you sharing everything that you shared um, about your professional life um that personal passion projects and i believe people listening that are trying to do any of these things they did get a lot of value out of this um we end the podcast with a trivia question but before i go there i just wanted to make sure is there anything else, any parting shots that you want to just share, whether about your job, your background, yourself, anything in general? All right, not everything good? All right, cool. So um, as mentioned earlier, there is a random trivia at the end. Um, I'm not really sure what episode we're on right now, but so far only one person has gotten the trivia right. So you're not really expected to get it right. But um, okay. I'll put 30 seconds on the clock after reading the question. So just let me know when you're ready. Okay. You're, ready? you're good? Okay, cool. Uh, so we spoke a lot about, well, a little bit about Forbes 30 under 30 earlier. Uh, whenever I think about Forbes, <laughs> even when I read that text message, it brought me back to a song. Um, uh, the lyrics to this song, I'll read off to you. And I just want you to tell me what is the title of the song <laughs> and who are the artists on the song, right? It's a pretty well-known song. You probably will know it. But the lyrics go, I want to be on the cover of Forbes magazine, smiling next to Oprah and the oh, Queen. Uh, I want to be a millionaire, billionaire by Bruno Mars. Uh... I, I don't know if you, we'll give you that. We'll give you that. It is it's, it's billionaire by Travi McCoy and Bruno Mars. I wanna be on the cover of Forbes magazine, smiling next to Oprah and the Queen. Again, thank you, Juanita J. So much for coming on. I appreciate you for driving out here, coming to the studio. Um, and I'm really looking forward to. Oh, you mentioned you're doing a. I don't know if it's out there yet. A podcast coming soon. It's not out, there, but yeah, I hope so. We're trying to do basically like how the YouTubers do it with if you're from a doctor or a medical point of view. We're trying to debunk all of, I don't know how much debunking will do, but <laughs> <laughs> um, we're trying to debunk all of the myths when it comes to this industry. Gotcha. And so for those of you listening to this on YouTube um, or even on the audio platforms, I'm going to link uh, once that is live and Juanita shares that with me, I'll link that in the description. Um, if there's any links to the articles, I would definitely love to share that and read them myself as well. But again, thank you so much, Juanita. 
Um, I appreciate your time. Thanks so much.